Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Bayheim's Army playing in Syracuse and a tough stretch ahead for the Orange basketball team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today's Bayheim's Army general manager and our great friend, Kevin Belby. Kevin, thanks so much for coming back on the program. How's it going? Wes, I'm doing well. I always appreciate uh, you having me on here and look forward to chatting about Syracuse Hoops. Always a pleasure to have you on, Kevin, and we'll get you started on this one. The big news out of the basketball tournament this week is that Onondaga Community College in Syracuse is going to be host to one of the regional sites for the basketball tournament. That means you'll essentially be playing a home game. Take me through the process of how that happened and how big is this for Bayheim's Army? Yeah, it's going to be huge. For, for the team, and it's going to be a very big summer. We're actually going to play three games up in Syracuse at OCC, so we'll basically have three home games, you know, and assuming we win all of those, we'll have three games the following weekend in Chicago. So uh, this is something I've been talking to CBT about the last few years, and, um, you know, the, the timing just wasn't really right. Last year they, they looked into it pretty seriously, looked at OCC, looked at LeMoyne. I know one of the uh, – one of the schools had renovations going on. The other one was booked up. And the carrier dome, it's, it's obviously doesn't have air conditioning. It's probably a little bit too big. But this summer, all the stars really aligned. And um, at the end of the day, I just think one of those things that make too much sense. If you look at it, TBT, uh, the people who run it are, are very smart. But it's also just very obvious that we have the best fans in the tournament and really have since – the first year we've done this, and we've had basically sell-out crowds in every city we've played in, Chicago, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Baltimore, Atlanta. So, obviously, for us to play in Syracuse, in Central New York, uh, it, it's going to be a, a sold-out gym and just an insane environment. So, hopefully, that gives us a big uh, competitive advantage. Now, Kevin, let's talk about the roster. Eric Devendorf has been a mainstay throughout the entire run of Bayheim's Army, and it was easier when he was a strength and conditioning coach for Syracuse basketball. He's now a special assistant at Detroit Mercy. Is he still going to be able to play with you guys? Yeah, I, I hope so. So Eric is um, the only player that's played with us every year of the tournament. And, and first of all, I think that that is kind of um, – it's cool in two ways. One, Eric's been – obviously our leader, our, our heart and soul on and off the court, but two, being able to rotate a whole bunch of guys in and out 
uh, I think has been good for us as a team, and it's fun for the fans to see a different lineup. But Eric, he basically, you know, helped me start this thing and uh, has been an invaluable part of it. So he essentially has an open invite to be back if he can be back. And um, we'll see. It's kind of a different set of circumstances. Um, You know, at the college level, you only get three assistant coaches, um, right? So at Syracuse, you have Griffin, Autry, and McNamara. At the University of Detroit Mercy, he's considered a special assistant to the head coach, so not in that top three designation and you know the only those top three guys are allowed to go on the road and recruit in the summer AU tournaments all that type of stuff so um, while he is I think a little busier this year than last year I, I think he, he won't be on the road recruiting so I hope uh, I hope it all works out but it, it is a different um, he is in a different position obviously a different city so we just kind of need to, to take it one step at a time see what his responsibilities will be for Detroit and, uh, you know, I know he's dying to be up in Syracuse. His daughters are still living there. Um, so we'll see. Now, speaking of recruiting, you have to recruit your roster. You have a core group of Syracuse players you can pull from every year. Where are you at in the process, and are things starting to come together? Yeah, it's tough because we're still five months away, and I know, you know, the, the basketball tournament really wants us to get our roster locked in because it'll be good for them to – sell tickets and just get the word out there and all that type of stuff. But for me, I've always, you know, the most important thing is making sure guys are 100% committed before they say they're in um, because we don't want to have to replace somebody a week, 10 days before the tournament. Uh, it's not good for anybody. So I, I think the the roster this year will be, uh, I'm very curious and very interested to see um, what the final roster looks like because we, we had a, a a very strong run last year, and I, I felt like our strongest roster yet. And, uh, you know, it's possible we kind of run it back with a lot of those same guys. But at the same time, I think that there's a lot of former Syracuse players and younger guys who might be able to play for their first time. You know, maybe some guys who are kind of on the fringe of the NBA. Um, you know, maybe guys like a, a Leiden or uh, Malachi Richardson or Mike Benajay, Andrew White. I think that there's a lot of younger faces that um, that might be available. And every summer that goes by, we kind of build more and more credibility and have, you know, honestly make my job of quote-unquote recruiting easier because guys just want to be a part of it. Um, you know, they <laughs> see how much fun we have, and, you know, I'll, I'll get guys start to reach out to me. So that process will start to take place over the next couple months. And again, I, I'm very, very curious to see how it plays out. At the end of the day, I know that being in Syracuse will, I think will help um, putting a strong team together because guys want to be up there. And um, also the fact that the tournament is basically only over the course of two weekends this year, it's a much tighter commitment. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited to see what we bring up there. And Kevin, we'll get you out of here on this one. You talked about the excitement. Central New York is obviously very excited for this. How much fun is this for you every year? It's the best. It's, uh, you know, and I, t- I tell people this, but I'm a Yankees fan, um, but even I'm not watching 162 games during the summer. And I just <laughs> think that the basketball tournament, there's, there was a void for, for live sports in, in the summer, um, something else to watch. And, um, especially if you love basketball and if, especially if you're a Syracuse basketball fan or 
a college basketball fan in general, you know, it's fun for me to, to look across the tournament and see Jim or Fredette playing on ESPN again, see an Ohio State alumni team with Aaron Kraft and Jared Sellinger and all those guys. Uh, Marshall Henderson has played in the tournament a bunch. So for somebody like me who just loves the game of basketball and, you know, is looking for something else to watch in the middle of the summer as a fan, it's the best. And, uh, I, you know, in the beginning when we launched this, I, I was just – I was hopeful that it, it would be a hit and that we would, you know, get the attention of Syracuse fans. And I think I was dumb for not assuming that uh, that it would be a hit, you know. Ever since the first day we announced this thing and attached Coach Behan's name to it, people have just clamored for it and ticket sales. And, you know, we've always had the best viewership on, on our ESPN games and all that type of stuff. So this summer it's insane. I was joking with uh, Dan Frill, who's the co-founder of the tournament, and I was joking, but I think I was being serious. I, I said to him, my prediction is that this summer will be the first time uh, ticket sales will hit the resale market uh, <laughs> for our games up in Syracuse, and um, I, I think that 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 will be true. Um, it, it's going to be we're going to bring a really great roster, roster up there. I know Syracuse fans will appreciate it. Like I said, I know they've gone crazy for us in different cities all up and down the East Coast and even out into uh, Chicago. So bringing the basketball tournament to them, they really deserve it. And um, I can't wait. Kevin, thanks for coming back on the program. Again, my great friend and general manager of Bayheim's Army, Kevin Belby. Great job as always. We'll speak with you soon. Thanks, Wes. Go Orange. Really looking forward to seeing if Bayheim's Army can take home the big $2 million prize this summer. And again, best of luck to Kevin. I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse with a brutal 80-62 to loss to Florida State on Tuesday night at the Carrier Dome. The Orange fell behind by 22 points, rallied in the second half, pulled to within two, but everything fell apart at the end. Brad, how did this happen? Didn't show up reminiscent of the Florida State NIT loss back in 97, which is the last time the Seminoles won in the Dome. This was ugly from the beginning. I mean, there's some games, Wes, you can kind of tell teams showing up, whether that be Syracuse or the opposition. So we have two teams that are really you know, motivated and playing at a high level, and I didn't see that from the get-go. And what was surprising to me about that was, Following the Pittsburgh game that I attended on Saturday night in Pittsburgh, the talk in the locker room was so upbeat about another road win in the conference, Tyus Battle having an off-scoring night, everyone else you know, picking up the slack, and then everyone was looking forward to Florida State coming into the Dome Tuesday night, knowing it would be a different complexion of a game, knowing that they had won three in a row, knowing that their size and kind of how they – have their different lineups is kind of you know, against Syracuse's strengths by also having a big man in the middle and kind of bigger players uh, in all the four other positions. So it was a surprise that they didn't show up at the beginning, West, just based on the post-Pittsburgh uh, uh, you know, feel from the players. And, well, give Florida State some credit. They are an improving team. They were a Sweet 16 team a year ago, uh, Elite 18 a year ago, actually. And uh, I give them a lot of credit. They came to play. Brad, you just briefly touched on it, but you were out in Pittsburgh over the weekend. That could turn into a quad one win since Pitt was just out of the top 75 in the net rankings. Wins like this still matter, and even with their top guns not playing that well in the win over Pitt, the Orange still came away with the win. So there was at least some good news this week. 
Well, I call it the good news, bad news scenario because the good news is Syracuse plays in the ACC. The bad news is Syracuse plays in the ACC. So you're right. They're going to get the benefits of the teams that they have defeated if they get great wins as the season winds down with the eight regular season games left, it's going to be a bonus. Of course, the flip side at North Carolina, they've never won in the Dean Dome against the Carolina Tar Heels. They won an NCAA game in that building at NC State, uh, despite, you know, their scoring woes in their uh, second to last game. Uh, and then finishing up, you know, at Clemson in that regular season finale. They have a tough road, uh, not to mention Virginia coming to the Dome. So, yeah, they could get some good wins or wins could look better because of these teams, you know, beating each other in the, in the standings with 15 teams. But at the same time, now there's really no margin for error. I mean, two home losses. And I was thinking about that, you know, eight games. Can they go five and three? Are they going to go four and four, you know, at, at 17 and six? So I, I think 21 and 10 is probably where they have to be going into the ACC tournament. And Brad, let's talk about those remaining regular season games because outside of a home game against Boston College this weekend and a later road game against Wake Forest, each game is likely a quad one game the rest of the way, assuming the net rankings stay roughly the same. You just talked about this. Can they go five and three? Can they go four and four? How do you see this playing out? Is Syracuse going to be sweating out a selection Sunday once again? They have been so consistently inconsistent. I think they're going to be sweating it out. I really do. Um, I just there was no way I thought that Pascal Tuku and Frank Howard would have zero points against Florida State. Again, talking to both players in the locker room at Pittsburgh. I just got so many positive feelings and, and vibes from these guys. Pascal was, you know, again, had a pretty good game at Pitt for him, you know, based on his season statistics. Frank Howard, uh, the talk after that game was we need him as a veteran, especially in a game against highest battle, not scoring. We need him to step up. So then they, two of those players have zero points against Florida State. I think that's more likely to be the occurrence than the non-occurrence, unfortunately, when I look at these last eight games, look at some of the big men they'll be going up against, and with such little margin for error in a very competitive conference, I do think after that regular season finale at Clemson and then going into their first meeting in Charlotte in the ACC tournament, they will be sweating like two years ago. Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. My closing thoughts revolve around the orange out for the Duke game, 6 p.m. on February 23rd. I have encouraged the program, and especially head coach Jim Beheim to make it a true orange out. By that, I mean no one-off Nike uniforms, nothing special, just put on the regular orange road uniforms with Syracuse across the front, wear those against Duke, join the other 35,000-plus that basically will be wearing orange, to make it a true orange out. And I know that's kind of against Jim Beheim's grain, being old school, white at home, orange on the road. But for this one game, Coach, against your buddy, Coach K, against the Duke team that will wear either black road uniforms or blue road uniforms, so it'll be easy contrast on the eyes for both the spectators and those attending, make it a true orange out. And there's precedent, Coach Beheim. You beat NC State in December 1991, wearing orange uniforms at home. So wear orange for the orange out, SU. 
Brad, my closing thoughts are on Malachi Richardson. The former Syracuse star was shipped to the 76ers from the Raptors for a pair of second-round picks and cash considerations, but was waived shortly after the trade. Richardson hasn't found a spot in the NBA yet and may have to work his way back through the G League. Here's hoping for the best in his next professional stop, wherever that may be. That's it for us. For Brad Beerman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that caramel is a great snack if you're ever looking for something sweet that can also undo any dental work you've ever done. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV. We'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 